1: Hello and welcome to On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that might just be about to start up Michael's 95-point train. And that's because, choo-choo, Norwich City are picking up steam again. This was a last-minute script this week. Three wins in a row, unbeaten in five in 2024, and all of a sudden, just two places and two points outside the playoffs. So has Wagner got control of the wheel back? Was Sarge that rare missing player who really does make us better on his return? And can we use the Scots advanced cloning techniques to forge two of Kenny? We'll try and answer all of that. Do as much pointless January transfer window speculation as we can muster. Talk comedy sponsor man of the matches. And Dan and I will be made to look, brackets, more foolish by one of Ryan's quizzes. And speaking of quizzes, we'll, of course, lament the departure of a man now forever destined to be the answer to a Ryan quiz question one day. Mr Adam for sure, uh, it was a pleasure knowing you. Um, that still, of course, leaves the small matter of trips to Leeds and Liverpool over the next six days. It's all feeling a little bit 1993, except maybe we might have win those games this time. Um, I'm Steve Sanders, aka at NCFC Numbers, and with two convincing wins to discuss, we have two convincing winners on our panel. Uh, don't 100% know how that works, but it sounded good in the intro. Um, firstly, he's been talking bollards most of the season, that that is mostly in relation to Ashley Burned. It's Dan Brigham. Dan, good evening. How uh, are hi, you?
0: Steve. I'm good. Uh, I, I, sorry to doubt you, but I did just have to do the maths about how many points we can finish a season with. And of course, you're right, as NCFC numbers, it is still 95 points. All it takes is 18 wins from here.
1: <laughs> Which, I mean, we've we've had two in a row in the league. So, <laughs> what's you know, if, if Southampton could go 20 unbeaten, then I don't see why we can't <laughs> win 20 in a row. Um, yeah, that's the sort of thing that I do have to double and triple check when I'm putting good in checkers. I'll never live it down if I don't get it right. Um, but I'm glad that you backed me up. Thank you. Um, and as for our second guest, you will be able to see him in the Munsley Players Panto in February. I hope I've got that right as well. Um, so he should hopefully get some practice in saying,
2: oh, no, it's not during our quiz later.
1: Uh, it's Ryan Livermore. Ryan, how are you doing?
2: Oh wow, hello everyone. I'm good, thank you. I was then gonna ask how I was convincingly winning, but you've just mentioned it. Come see the panto, That's- guys. <laughs> That's why. Um,
1: can you can you tell us more about who you're playing in the panto? Is or is it a, yes.
2: a, a tightly so, kept secret? Oh my goodness, this is a bit of a, a hashtag plug. Um Is this exclusive? And we as have well? our panto. Uh it, <laughs> Exclusive plug apart from my Twitter. So we are doing Cinderella at February half uh Munsley uh, Coronation Hall, uh, a few miles from Chroma. I am playing buttons. So come down and see me um, prance about for two hours and put on a funny voice. It's worth it. It's well worth it. It's only 12 quid
1: yeah if you like ryan prancing about and putting on a funny voice for this podcast <laughs> for an hour then you'll like it even more for two hours in monthly um and yes i didn't prep ryan for the plug but uh this is we are we've moved past the uh the michael yeah. bailey era now where you can only plug athletic articles, if, so if this was the it's, graham it's, norton
0: show we'd um, be asking ryan to do a little uh, uh impromptu voice reveal for buttons well it well, it's not the Graham
1: Norton show, but obviously now you've said that I will ask Ryan to do an uh, impromptu voice.
2: Shall I? Shall I? Shall I do the whole podcast in the voice? <laughs> Hang on, and let we me, let me, let me get the um. Uh... Hi, gang. <laughs> yeah. Hello, wow. everyone. Yeah. Thank you. Let's talk about the win. That's... So well done. They kicked it in the goal twice, and uh, here we go. All aboard the ninety-five point train, choo-choo. <laughs> that's all you're getting I mean, that
1: is that is amazing. truly exceptional and 100 100 panto so well done also p- please don't do the <laughs> in the voice. that in time great
2: though it is for the monthly
0: players it, it may just interested in at, at what stage in your adult life did you realize you could do that voice
2: um about a year and a bit ago and i do it more often than i do my real voice now so <laughs> <laughs> So, so and why like, wouldn't I you? It, I do it at Carrow Road as well. It's brilliant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, petition now to have Ryan on the tannoy uh, saying, <laughs> Canary fans, welcome to your team. Norwich City is the team coming out of the tunnel. Um, let's get, get, it get it forward.
2: Get it forward. Oh, that's you. I did want it. For <laughs> <laughs> me for the past 30
0: years. <laughs>
1: It's definitely not just you. Uh, There are thousands who would agree with you. Well, if you can somehow manage to fit that in in February, uh, the monthly players, then uh, we'd we'd love to hear it. Um, Well, I'm very happy for the headline act to be uh, Ryan's panto, but um, we'd we'd better do some Norwich City stuff. So uh, I, I will move it on to the real headline act. Sorry, Ryan. Yep, so we are in panto season, but uh, it's the football season that's well and truly alive, both in the league and in the cup. Can you believe it? Um, Two wins in a week, um, and because obviously I'd love to check these things. It's the first on the ball podcast to feature two wins in the same week since September 2022. (laughs) So what a privilege, and uh, hopefully that's another reason to keep you all listening. Um, We'll come on to the cup uh, exploits, but uh, we will start with Saturday's 2-0 win over West Brom at Carrow Road. which is, I would say, one of Norwich City's most convincing for some time. Um, Dan, I, it's probably fair to say that you were someone who needed a little bit of convincing, or have done it in recent weeks. Uh, so, how much were you uh, won over by them on Saturday?
0: Uh, yeah, it was. It was a. It was a good performance. It was nice to hear no booze at halftime or full time, which may be the first time since probably Hull at home, or no Millwall at home, that like we've not heard booze at any point. So, and it was nice to hear a sort of. Um, rendition of on the ball city at the end of the game yellows ringing out as well in the second half um over the top of ryan obviously squeaking out get it forward uh, throughout the game <laughs> And it was, it was it was genuinely sort of nice to remember what it is to watch a team playing good football against a really good um opponent as well um i'd say it's a step in the it feels like a step in the right direction right like um it's not a it's not a massive step it's not a neil armstrong step or a or a Jonathan Edwards step, but it is a sort of little baby steps in the right direction uh, with some caveats, obviously. West Brom, although they are in excellent form, their away record is not good. In fact, it's exactly the same as Norwich's, which tells you sort of how good or bad they are on the road. Um, And I'd say probably West Brom, the way they play without a load load of runners coming through, without a lot of pace, probably suited our back line as well. So a decent team for us to play, but equally... Their top five and deservedly so, um, and really, I guess for the first time since the first few games of the season, we married solidity at the back. Uh, although you know we still gave up some big, ch- a couple of big chances, but we were playing a good team. That sort of marriage between solidity at back and the, and the occasional glimpse of sort of slick football, which we hadn't seen for a long time. Um, was, uh, was the, and it's the first time we've sort of married those two things for a really long time. So, yeah, a, a decent step in the right di- direction to show there was a bit of balance. It's probably the first time we've won a game in this run without relying on individual brilliance to do it. Um, we relied on um, a couple of really good team moves.
1: Yeah, both goals were great. Um, and as you said, I mean, I, I, I tweeted it the weekend that it was the first time we'd beaten a team that started the day in the top six for 16 months. And that previous game was against a Bristol City team in the early stages of um, last season, who ultimately fell away. So really the last time that we've beaten a properly good team who were in the top six in front of fans at Carrow Road um, was the Leicester game before the final home game before COVID, which was four years ago. So, I mean, that kind of really gets to the heart of, I think, why there's been such a malaise lately. But as Dan said, Ryan, that that was fully deserved, and both goals were really, as Dan said again,
2: good team goals.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that's the first <laughs>
2: time in a while. No, sorry, sorry, um, sorry, guys. It just it just it just comes to me naturally. I, I was um, I was
1: worried that we were would- <laughs> until you stopped yourself. Um, but no, carry on in whatever voice you but,
2: like. No, um, yeah, totally. It, it, as Dan said, it, it was the first time in a in a while where it did feel like. We had uh, a t- the the team that we know and love is capable of performing at, at the top end of of this league, and it just for weeks and weeks now there's been that final, uh, like final piece in the in the final third, and even defensively where it it's been it feels like it's been one mistake and the whole game's gone. But they managed to hold it together really well on on Saturday, I, I thought, and it was. It wasn't as if it was; it wasn't without desire. Uh, sentences. The voice has thrown me. The voice has thrown me. Um, it was. It was. It was clearly all part of the plan, as because I felt Norwich were very good at drawing West Brom out at, at points and really baiting them into the press and making the most of those transitions, which is something that they've really struggled against, um, uh, particularly at, at home over the over the course of the season. Maybe not so much recently, but it might be a sign that that's finally coming together that they know that they can draw teams out uh, particularly those in and around who are going to try and come out norwich and and make the most of those frailties where that stands in a few weeks i don't know i think we we've, we've got coventry at home who are in and around it but then you have some games against sides down the bottom who might not be as keen in giving up that much space in in the in their own defensive third but Regardless of that, if we're looking at Saturday in isolation, I think it was the best performance they've put in, certainly at home, I'd argue, since Millwall back in August. Uh, really good combinations and back to front, they looked good. And I think a lot of that does have to do with Kenny being back in there, being able to break up that play and bring the the team forward. And it, that allowed Sarah to perhaps have a little bit a little bit more of an advanced role, not quite all the way as 10 until, obviously, Josh Sargent uh, came off. But there were certain patterns there that really did make you think Norwich could be in with a shout of the, the top six. It's just the, the problem is where we go in the next few weeks because we've been here so many times this season where it's the hope that kills you and they'll put a run together where they look half competent and then it just goes away with one with one result. But we'll, we'll, we'll see from that point. But it certainly looks like they, they knew what they were doing on Saturday and the patterns of play back that up for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was really worried that Saturday was going to be that hope that kills you game that we've had so many of recently, um, which is why it felt like a a big step. Um, Dan, Ryan mentioned Kenny there um, and, you know, played every minute in the league this season, Um, obviously a brilliant assist for the first goal scored on Wednesday um, and finally kind of well i say finally getting some love i think he's had some but it seems to be coming in in spades in the last few days i know you've been a, a skeptic in the past um <laughs> that, that word was met with a look of incredulity so uh i will let you respond now but is he is he in the best form of his Norwich career was I'm, I'm
0: a i'm a Premier League kenny skeptic i'm not a championship <laughs> kenny skeptic and I, I you know wagner's got a lot wrong it once he's seen he's been here, but he has he has utilised Kenny well in the sense that Kenny plays that really that role really well. Um, I still think that an extra midfielder in there would make him play it even better. But yeah, Kenny Kenny was excellent. It was kind of classic Kenny that the assist for the goal actually because he just gave it away sort of ten seconds before that, quite clumsily. Put his arm up uh, to say sorry and then but then spotted the danger again when the ball came back and won it in midfield. So I sniffed out that danger and then timed the pass to. Uh, to uh, Sergeant really really well and as well as he's played at uh, centre-back in recent times I do think as Ryan says Sarah plays better with him uh, that was uh, in midfield that was Sarah's best game for us for a, for a while um, and it also allowed Gibson to come back in and probably have his best game for us for a, for a long long time had a slightly nervy start uh, where he left uh, Thomas Asante and sort of had to dive in to win the ball back. But after that, he was really good. His passing was great. It was noticeable that he was sort of starting a little bit further up the pitch than uh, Duffy as well, uh, to get himself into midfield a little bit more as well. Um, so I think, yeah, that that prob- that as long as Gibson stays fit that experiment of Kenny at the, at the back, which did work pretty well, to be fair, we tightened up, it's probably at its end now. We'll see Kenny and, and Sarah back together.
1: Do you, do you think it will be? As in, do you think that we will not see... Because, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that that has worked reasonably well in the games that where Kenny has been at the back and Nunez has come in. I wondered if Gibson was brought back in because West Brom offered a, more of a physical threat, possibly, from set pieces, and that he might revert back to Kenny against Leeds. Possibly. I mean, I would say either feels like it could be an option. I don't know. Do you agree with that, Ryan?
2: Um... I yes to a to a degree. I think I think again looking at Saturday on its own, they, the options they have in the final third were Thomas Asante and Daryl D K when he came on, who as you say are very physical players, and I think Kenny at centre back may benefit Norwich a bit more in the games that. spoke about earlier where they might have a lot more of the ball than the opposition even though that doesn't seem to be the mantra they're going with for the most part there will be games where teams will come and try and put eight ten men behind the ball and that allows you having kenny at center back with nunez and sarah to perhaps play out a little bit quicker and perhaps offer a bit more fluidity in transition but certainly defensive uh, defensively i feel as good as kenny's been there's there's something in me which hates playing a player out of position at centre-back. For me, that's the position, the mm. one position where you can't be afforded to not have an expert uh, operator in there. And I thought it was Ben Gibson's best game for us, uh, maybe even since the pandemic. And I know, I agree with Dan, he did lose Thomas Asante. But ironically, I think the recovery challenge, which was very, very good, is what perhaps set him up to who, to have the game that he did. And I think if... You have that Gibson back over the next few weeks and he's a, a must start for me. Um, I, I think in an ideal world, they'd want to get Handley and Gibson together as, as soon as possible as well but that seems a few a few weeks off. But As well with the way Norwich want to play at the moment, they seem very content on being solid and uh, having quick turnovers. I'd imagine they'd want to perhaps shore it up in the middle a bit more and that does mean Kenny going there with Ben Gibson uh, at centre half so I, I think that's probably what they are working towards at at the moment but it's nice that you know K- Kenny's been everywhere this season he's been as a a, a an eight as a, a sort of a, a weird six he's been uh, a five he's played at left back and he's done great in every position and in, in a season where Johnny Rowe has perhaps got the most plaudits I think it's worth mentioning that Kenny has been everywhere and hasn't really put a foot wrong if we're being honest
0: weird six is probably a good way to sum up Wagner, isn't it the way he plays? Because he likes playing with a, a weird six. Interesting, you mentioned Hanley there for uh, coming in next to Gibson. I, I think our eleven on Saturday is probably Wagner's starting, like, favoured starting eleven. Everyone's fit apart from Hanley. It's an argument that Hanley might come in for Duffy. So, but I do think outside of that, that's his favoured eleven. Um, so really, there's there's no excuses for him now, is there? He's got uh, a team uh, full of players that he wanted recruited. Um, and he's got Norwich's best performers in that eleven now, which he obviously hasn't had uh, for a while with Sargent being out and Gunn was out for a while, Barnes was out for a while, etc. He has been lucky that Kenny and Sarah have basically been available for every single game. Um, but I do think from now on, if they those stay fit, we need to see Wagner getting the best out of them because... At this moment, in, uh, at this time, he he hasn't throughout the season. He hasn't got the best out of that squad, um, and there is really n- little excuse now not to um, make the most of having what is probably the fourth or best bet fourth or fifth best starting eleven in the championship.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it certainly feels like now, it, assuming this that eleven that you mentioned, Dan, stays fit for the majority of this season, the playoffs should be. A realistic game it was interesting to hear wagner i think for the first time maybe show a little bit of needle in one of his post-match press conferences um when he was asked about the hope well it was a previous question wasn't it? i think before the game where he was asked about the home form not being great off the back of two away wins which he perceived to be a uh quote strange question um and i wonder if he's just starting to kind of gain the confidence to be able to do that now that things are starting to go a little bit better i mean he certainly it feels like we've been waiting for it to go wrong for him and he's sort of slowly been getting it right um you know <laughs> i'm not i'm not getting wholesale agreement but I, you know i think i'm just having a look before the but, you know obviously having a look at some numbers before this and um i i think apart from anything else the last 14 games we've let in 13 goals compared to 28 in the previous 14 now that with largely the same players okay gun has come in for long but um that can only have been done on the training ground, you know, that's, that's not pure luck. Um, and you know, we are since that Blackburn game, I think I said this last week, since that Blackburn game where I thought he should have gone, surprised he was still here. Um, we have been fifth, uh, and only the three promoted teams in commentary have, have taken more points than us over that time period. So we are on an, on an upward trajectory. Um, it does feel like we're getting players back. So the key question now, Ryan is how much, you know, how likely are we to get in the playoffs? Is, is that, you know, we were having a very similar discussion this time last season. I'm sure and obviously it all fell away. Um, but do you think th- this team feels like it's got a bit more metal about it?
2: Oh man, I my gut still tells me that Norwich aren't consistent enough to get into that top six. Um, but then having said that, there is the argument that the players are coming back now. And that is a narrative they definitely have tried to spin, certainly September, October, when they lost Josh Sargent and Ashley Barnes and Angus Gunn as well, um, three of your arguably most important players in this system. But I do think the system is part of the downfall in Norwich not getting into the playoffs, mostly because it's such a specific system where you need such specific gaps to be filled. And as soon as we saw, as soon as Sargent and Barnes went at the start of the season and were out for a number of weeks, Norwich... Slowly started to disintegrate, and my worry is again: is does do they have the squad depth to sustainably mount a a challenge? Because if it's all well and good, if uh, one of Sergeant or Barnes drops out, uh, if Adamida comes in, he's a a different sort of striker, and the whole system then in the final third has to take a a big step to the left or to the right or whatever you want to, however you want to dress it up, and then the you could say about the issues in goal if Angus Gunn gets injured but I think goalkeeper injuries are so far and few between that that's not something to be concerned about that was more of a freak sort of incident but it's then in the middle of the park as well if you lose one of Nunez, Sarah or McLean then you've got a a real fight on your hands there especially with you know players like Adam Forshaw now going and I know he's, he wasn't exactly a, a linchpin in, in that side, but it's still, an op, it's still an option at the end of the day. And uh, Jakob Sorensen is is only just coming back as well. And I I as much as I would like to say there is the potential there, because the first 11, as Dan said, I, I do believe that is the preferred 11, which is played on Saturday. That 11 is good enough to arguably beat 20, 21, uh, 20 teams in this league, certainly at home. Um, but it's whether that can be sustained for a prolonged period, and I just don't, I just don't see it. I'm afraid. I think Norwich will probably finish a few points outside of the top six, but I, uh, unless they have the uh, right, recruit right in January, if they recruit at all, that is, I can't see them maintaining that that push.
0: Dan, come on, give us give us something more positive
2: <laughs> than that, please, come, please. You, you've come to the wrong man. I
0: think. Well, I think if he. <laughs> I, like I think uh, that starting eleven should be should be top six comfortably, and I think a competent coach gets that starting eleven into the top six comfortably and pushes you know pushes um, the top three or four as well. Um, and with that starting eleven this season, Wagner has shown that he you know they get results. That starting eleven or fastnack for signs, I guess, at the start of the season was uh, got results for Norwich until the, until the injuries hit, but. You know, one good performance, also the first good performance really against a good team this season. And how many games have we played now? Like 23 or something like that? Um, 27, 28 games we've played this season. Uh You'd be daft if you if you don't think Wagner's is a good enough coach. For this club, you'd be daft to suddenly think he is just because we've had one good performance. You know, it may be, a, it's a step in the right direction and uh it was great when we do win there's a really good connection with Wagner I really like him and when we do win the atmosphere is really good in a way that it never was under Dean Smith so I do hope you know from here we start to motor but even on Saturday there was you know in this run we've lost what two in 12 which is excellent run of course but you know to to use a very dull uh, uh, term underlying numbers they've not changed that much since our really bad run we're still giving up essentially the same number of big chances and creating the same number of big chances. I guess we've relied on opposition sort of missing quite a good, lot of good chances, but equally, we've got one of the best goalkeepers in the championship in goal who's, uh, who's made some excellent saves and kept us in games throughout that run. And we've got Rowan Sargent who are two of the championship's best finishers as well. Um, so fully fit, even if the underlying numbers aren't great, aren't vastly improved, we are clearly a much better team uh, when Sargent uh, and Gunner are in that team. Um, so, because those numbers, it, it's, it's yet I'm yet to be convinced it's sustainable. Um, uh, but if they all do stay fit, and the, the, the good sign on Saturday for me where we flooded midfield, which we've barely done this season, and which I think is signs is really, really good at drifting inside. When he needs to drift inside, puts an extra body into midfield, made us really tough to break down and gave us more numbers uh, in attack as well. And we were so tough to break down through the middle, West Brom changed their game plan at half-time and went much wider to get balls into the box, which you know nearly worked. And that was a really good sign that a team, a good team had to change their uh, way of playing against us. And the fact that for the first time in ages, we were getting men into midfield. Um, as we were at the start of the season, when um, Fasnacht um, and Rowe would drift inside a lot more than they have been doing. So there are really, really positive signs. Uh, I really want Violent to do well because I, I do like him, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm yet to, yet to be convinced. But you know, we're at we're at Elland Road, and anything can happen.
1: Well, I'm I'm not going to disagree with a cogent argument where you mention underlying numbers. That's uh, always <laughs> going well, a sleeper me, account.
0: Red. NCFC underlying numbers anywhere?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, little burner account lies under. <laughs> Oh, and uh, in, other, yeah. in more good news, Leicester have taken the lead against Westwich. Yeah. Well, that is good news,
1: and uh, obviously, uh, just brings a little bit closer to that possibility of an East Anglian <laughs> uh, playoff semi-final derby, home and away, or even final. Why not? We could, uh, we could still come fifth. Um, yeah, I mean, again, just have had a quick look at last season, um, and at this stage, we had. Um, this was this was at this point last season, i.e. twenty-eight games. We just played those first two matches under Wagner where we had beaten Preston and Coventry, and we had forty-two points from twenty-eight. This season we've got forty-one from twenty-eight. Um obviously then it all went a little bit south. Uh, and we got nineteen from the final eighteen games, which is pretty much relegation form. Um twenty-six would have been enough that season, but I think I think we're gonna need more. Sixty-nine was a low um sixth place very low i would say mid 70s this year given that there are four teams that are just so far clear and you would expect of the chasing pack at least a couple of those which i would include west brom i think that they are within our reach if we finish well um would would be one but i think we need to be one of well i think it's quite clear isn't it we need to be one of those two teams um and our run in looks not bad Um, That's the other thing I would say, is that I know not all of these games have been played yet, but um, in two weeks' time, we'll have played uh, five of the seven teams that are currently above us twice. Um, So in theory, uh, if we have trouble beating good teams, uh, we we don't have too many of those left. Our our record's um, not
0: bad against the top teams, actually,
1: is it? Well, we seem to have got a lot of draws. um, Lots of beat. And, you know... yeah, yeah, and I'll take another one of those on Wednesday, but we will uh, we will come on to but that. I um, should ask you, Steve. Sorry, not... as he, uh, to bring oh, a bit. Yes, of course,
0: do you think we'll get to the uh, to the playoffs? Um, I, I was relying on I you. Think we'll be... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we'll be close. I think if I think if the key players stay fit, I think that's the main thing. Wagner will be here till the end of the season. I'd be very very surprised unless we completely nosed over the next few weeks. So I think it, it talking, you know whether there's someone better out there tactically and there, there potentially is I think I think Wagner is the man who they've put everything behind so for me it's can we keep our key players fit because I think the 11 that played on Saturday and I think you can throw a couple of other players in there Nunez has done well when he's appeared this season McCallum his form seems to have picked up um as well over the last few weeks has done better but I I, I think there's an, a clear drop off between the 11 that plays at the moment and some of the players have had to come in. And you only need to look at our form when Sergeant was out, when Gun was out, when when even Barnes was out to see that you know they can't afford to lose these players. Dan, you, you pointed out Kenny and Sarah have started every game this season. And what happens if one of those gets injured? I, I wouldn't like to see it because I think that there are clearly defined roles for players in this team, um, or that are suited to certain players in this team. Sarah may not be one of those necessarily, um, but doesn't seem to stop him playing well um, a lot of a lot of the time. And I think if those players get injured or we're missing them for long periods of time, then um, it would unravel. But if everyone stays fit, I think we could do it. I, I honestly do think we could finish sixth. And uh, there we go. I'm not just saying that for balance. I, I do think it's possible. Um, <laughs> someone's got to, haven't they? Um, anyway, that's enough uh, That's enough. kind of uh, long uh, rambling bits of optimism from me. Let's move on to things we're not going to talk about. And um, w- why talk about the league when we're on such a, a blinding cup run? Um <laughs> I mean, we we did basically laugh at the fans who um, bothered to uh, ca- kind of stump up fifty four pounds to go down to Bristol last week. But in fairness, they got the job done. It was a three one win. They got to see us um, win an away match in the FA Cup, which doesn't happen all that often, um, and score a couple of decent goals. Right, I mean, um, I don't know if you've caught them. It seemed, seemed like there was just a complete blackout until basically the following day, which is like going back in time. Um, but uh, you know, we, we did some good stuff in the second half on the highlights, anyway.
2: Yeah, no, totally. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the irony The irony is, I was actually at the theatre during uh, during that game, watching the Woman in Black. And there's the old gamony joke of uh, half time at the play, Oh, which is more of the horror show, the football or the play, um, the football sure. by the sounds of it, because that first <laughs> half was dire by all accounts, but. Um, I mean, listen. It, it kind of highlights our point about the quality in that starting eleven, right? Like bringing players like Sarah and Nunez on in, in a game like that against lower league opposition, and they uh, were key in 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 that win. Um, I'm one of these people who I don't I don't buy this whole oh losing cup games to save them up for the league. I think you you all you know how many games you're going to get given uh, in any any season. And it's a chance to build momentum and it's some nice days out for fans, isn't it? And players get minutes. And and I think there's nothing wrong with losing a game of football, especially in the way that Norwich did, because as much as we hate being the the scalp, and there's been a few times in recent years where we've lost to lower league teams, I think it's quite nice to put those teams to the sword and almost reassure ourselves that we are of a, a relevant quality to, to actually do something. Um on sunday we will get pumped though let's let's be real but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's put all that let's put all that shout about momentum Whoa. to bed lads because it's, it's, we know it's going to happen but it, it's again it's, it's a chance for certainly players like sarah and roe and sergeant if they play to really kind of see where they're they're at um which they'll get that out of it if if nothing else and it's a chance for two best mates to get reintegrated on the or to see each other again on the touchline. So what more could you ask for, really?
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: might have to see if there's a Sunday matinee on or something, uh, <laughs> you know,
1: just, to, <laughs> just to avoid that, that game. Um, Dan, I don't know if you wanted to, have you had anything to say on Bristol Rovers or um, no? But, Liverpool, though. I, I, can,
0: need... I can mention Liverpool. Oh.
1: Well, um, I'll I'll save I'll save Liverpool for the uh, for the Motti uh, okay. section, but um, let's do let's do a brief bit of what everyone really wants to talk about, which is the transfer window, um, because you know plenty of business to come in the next nine days. I don't think um, obviously we we dealt with the um, devastating news about Tony Gary leaving on loan. Will we see again? We don't know. Um, no news on the uh, Calvin Phillips seven million pound loan deal coming through, but we we do know uh, do know about Adam Forshaw, um, permanent deal to Plymouth. Uh, six games, I believe, um, signed. I think on the day we played Huddersfield away, which was the day that Josh Sargent got injured, <laughs> so it really was as short and sweet as that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's happened there. Kind of, Seems a shame.
0: I'd love to know the numbers uh, between Forshaw and Isaac Hayden uh, of uh, points, one goals conceded, goal goals scored, because <laughs> so those those are our two uh, midfield linchpin. Uh, loan signings we've made over the last two seasons, um, and they're, they're, bare, they're just barely uh, featured, have they? I can't remember, apart from uh, for sure, when it within five minutes of his debut gave away, I can't even remember who it was against, gave away, uh, did the one thing he was supposed to come in to, uh, to not do, is which is get turned over, and he got turned over two times. <laughs> Uh, which led to two shots within the first five minutes of him playing. And <laughs> I always thought he was a really quality player whenever I saw him for Leeds. Bielsa said he was his, Leeds' most important player, but the poor bloke's just been injured for th- three years, basically. Um, it was nice to see that he, I think he started for Plymouth or at least played and they got a win. So I don't, you know, it was it was desperate recruitment. Um, and as all, usually with desperate recruitment, it just ended with a bit of a whimper, didn't it?
1: yeah um i've uh, obviously got the spreadsheet to hand nice. and uh that game so his his first so he started three games for us um that game you're talking about i believe was the swansea away game where we conceded in the first five minutes and i think you're right he gave the ball away for that goal so lost that one uh lost away at sunderland um both games both of those games he was taken off but he'll always have the home draw to bristol rovers uh so <laughs> So I, was, he I, was,
2: I was then going to say, to his credit, he did play a wonderful diagonal to O'Neill for the goal. So, but apart from that, yeah, not much really. Bless him. Just the
1: highlights reel of his Norwich career is just, just that pass on a loop for, uh, for 10 minutes. Um, so yes, he's gone, um, follows Huang out the door. So um, I guess the aim to reduce the um, average age of the squad, which I know is one of the things that Ben Napa was keen on doing. Um we have loaned out Jaden Warner uh, earlier today to the other NCFC, Notts County. Um, so at least he gets to use the, the same hashtag. Um, and I don't know whether he'll play there. I assume you know, he's, he's started a couple in the championship, hasn't he? So he has got game time. And that, that seems like a good move, Ryan. I, you know, I don't know much about Notts County other than they're at the top end of League Two and um, have quite a lot of money. <laughs>
2: Yeah no I was I was curious about that. I'm just going to do some due diligence and see who is actually in charge of Notts County now because Luke Williams went to Swansea um, oh, yeah. the other week didn't he? So I'm I'm curious as to who's in charge and if that was a uh, a manager sort of move for for Jaden Warner or a a general think, well, He was linked with Notts one... County
0: before Luke Williams was left, wasn't he I think. So he was going to go manager left and then new managers come in and sort of mm-hmm. given it the green light as well. Oh and, and I, fair. I I
1: I think Notts County are, and this is i totally out of my depth talking about a League 2 club, but I, I think they're run by a sort of similar to a Brentford. I think they might have a Danish owner who kind of, I don't know if they're Moneyball, but um, I'm assuming they have a sort of similar structure in that they presumably buy players to fit a certain system. They have a certain way of yeah. playing. Um, if there are any Notts County fans <laughs> listening to this and have somehow stumbled onto the wrong podcast, please do let us know if that's completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, do we know who the manager is yet?
2: Uh, I think it's, uh, it says Jim O'Brien, but I'd assume he's caretaker given his what his coaching career is. He is his coaching career consists of Notts County Jan twenty twenty four till Jan twenty twenty four. So I think he's he's the uh, he's the, the caretaker there. But to answer your question in all seriousness, I was then going to say I think it's a really good move for him because they're at the top end of of League Two. He'll be at a team who are who will have a lot of the ball and certainly try and get uh, into the ascendancy of a lot of. A lot of games um it's a, a good level as well I, th- I think league league two the last couple of years has been a very competitive league and there's is not too much difference in loaning someone to the uh, top end of the national league or the bottom end of league one as there is competing league two so at least he'll be in a in a promotion a promotion battle um i'd imagine he'll probably get some uh, some games uh their last game was a 5-5 draw with Grimsby which by all accounts was an immense <laughs> game to be at so so they probably do need some defensive uh defensive reinforcements but i think i think the one of the best things that you can give a young player is is game time particularly at the moment with the way the under 23s under 21 leagues work they don't get a great deal of exposure to to um, professionals who are competing in in such a way so i any loan to that kind of level is is good in my eyes, particularly for someone so young. And we've
0: got two other defenders in League 2 as well, um, Jonathan Tompkinson at Bradford yes. and Brad Hills at Accrington-Stanley. And uh, I've not seen it for a little while, but it seemed early on in the season, at least Accrington-Stanley fans seem to really love uh, Brad Hills. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's the right thing to do, of course, because how long have we been saying Adam Eder should have got a, a loan away earlier in his career and... Um, By not doing so, it's probably, you know, stalled his uh, development uh, to quite a large extent. So, yeah, I mean, a a lot of people were sort of clamouring for Warner to be in our starting eleven, which happens when you're not winning games. But I think it's by the fact he's got a League Two uh, club rather than a League One. Obviously, League Two is more likely to give him sort of regular football, but suggests that he perhaps wasn't quite ready to make the step up to a championship club. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think I think as sorry. Oh, oh, sorry, Steve. Mm -hmm. I think as well. uh, Norwich are are consistently seen as a team, aren't we, who should be challenging for top six in in the championship. So it's crucial that you perhaps give them game time uh, at teams who are going to see a lot of the ball and going to be a dominant uh, force in a lot of ways. And I feel like the top of League One, which is where you'd want to send them, should you give send them to League One, is far too close in ability to the bottom of the championship. And I feel over a long game span, players like Tomkinson and Warner will probably get found out. And if that move is wrong, it can really um, set a player's development back a good a good couple of years. So I think sort of top end of League 2 is a, a safe bet at the moment.
0: And let's be honest, Warner is more likely to be playing uh, possession-based football at Notts County than he is at Norwich City at the moment as well.
1: <laughs> yeah not not seeing our system at all then a, ter- a terrible move um i was going to add that um lewis lewis shippley uh as well as also accrington stanley um i i I knew they had two because I think he and Brad Hills have played together since something like the age of nine and have both gone to Accurton at the same time. So um, having four young centre-backs when your current four first-team um, centre-backs are aged between 31 and 33 is probably not a bad idea, actually. So it was kind of the next cab off the rank for all four of them. Um, there was a brief bit of speculation about um, Jonathan Varan, who's the brother of Raphael Varan coming from Sporting Hee-Haw. But um, I really, really wanted to talk about that, because so I got to say Sporting hee Um And in all honesty, I don't think we should hang our hat on any incomings. Um, so I'm happy to close that uh, discussion there. And the only other thing that caught my eye this week was um, Snoddy has retired from football, well, from playing football, I believe. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, you know, I have still got very fond memories of him and from a, from a time when we were um, playing similar football to perhaps what we are now uh, but in a in a higher division and um, he was um the Jonathan his day I mean that's a dreadful yes. comparison but he was uh,
2: yeah <laughs> I used to, I used to love I used, to love, watching, I used to love watching snoddy play if nothing else because I used to have a season ticket in the front row of the Barkley right near the corner flag and I've never seen someone gurn so much taking a corner like honestly <laughs> I've mm. never seen someone's chin stick out so so much like that. Was it like at the hacienda in seen... the nineties,
0: just full on gurning? <laughs> well,
2: they, well, they, say, they say keep your they say keep your head over the ball, and no matter what. The, the harder he gurn, the closer it would get to the first man every time. And I just remember like my friend shouting, stop gurning. Like, very, <laughs> and it, and it the weirdest heckle at a football game. But My, yeah, my no, favourite thing really about,
0: about uh, Snoddy was that he was very relatable because he did that thing that we've all seen in Five Aside um, where he looks like he's trying really hard to track back. But in actual fact, he's only really jogging and then gets to the ball just before he's needed, just after he's needed there, and then sort of puffs out his cheeks like, oh, made a real effort there. When if you, if you watched him for a full game, you realised he was putting in the minimum effort to track back. Well, not the minimum effort. We're not talking Huckabee levels of minimum effort to track back. But uh, he in the in the same way that Hanley's really good at going down and winning free kicks uh, and making it look like a foul. Snodgrass was very good at making it look like he was trying really hard to track back, and I respected him for that because. Uh, you know, it's it's rare to be related relatable to a Premier League footballer, but he, he certainly was in that instance.
1: Yeah, uh, no, nothing but respect for that, to be honest. If you can, if you can get away with that, then, uh, you know, you've, you've played a blinder. I mean, I, I probably think the best, certainly one of the best set-piece takers we've had from a direct free kick. I mean, Gern or, or no Gern. <laughs> um, maybe it was the Gern that, that made him special. Um, <laughs> I still remember, I think, that goal at home to Spurs when we beat them 1-0. Um, yeah. in that ultimately oh, failed yeah. season and against West Ham,
0: a free mm-hmm. kick as well, wasn't
1: it? yeah, yeah, yeah. A free kick against West Ham um, at, at, at Swansea yeah. as
2: well. Um, yeah, there's the game, so, of Swansea yes, there, well, three.
1: <laughs> yes, wow. of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think he might have set up one or two in that game as well. So, well, enjoy your retirement, Snoddy, and uh, you won't have to do any more um, puffing or or any more making an effort. Um, from now on. So, good for him. Um, Right. Okay. Well, we're obviously, we we want to talk about Liverpool and Leeds. So, um, let's let's talk about Liverpool (laughs) and Leeds. This is almost fantasy football. Yep. Fair to say that uh, the unbeaten 2024 run uh, will be quite severely tested this week. (laughs) Um, Against the Leeds side on Wednesday night, whose homely record this season reads uh, 1-10, drawn four, lost zero. Um, and then if they get through that one unscathed, it's a 2.30 kickoff on Sunday afternoon against Liverpool, live across the nation on ITV, uh, their home record in all competitions this season, played 15 won 13 drawn two, lost zero. So, you know, these records are there to be broken, you know, as David Wagner said today. Um, you know they've had reds all season, and maybe we'll we'll turn over a black. I don't know if you can uh, equate football to a roulette wheel, but uh, you know let let's try anyway. Um, yeah, and the Dortmund connection is pretty strong with these ones as well. Um, Wagner versus Farker. and as Ryan's already mentioned, best man against groom on uh, Sunday. I wonder how many times we'll have to listen to that <laughs> on the on the coverage. Um, do we want to do Liverpool first? Or do We want to do
2: Leeds first? I will uh, I will put it to you guys. <laughs> I mean I mean I mean I mean technically speaking Leeds is chronologically sooner, so I feel like we should do Leeds than Liverpool. If nothing else, just to scratch that itch in my brain. <laughs>
1: Perfect, and thank you, Ryan. And note self, be more autocratic about the running order, Um, Dan. If it's Leeds first, I will. uh, I will come to you then. Um, Got got to talk to you about them first. Um, Can we? uh, Can we go to Leeds and get something? And would you love it if we beat them? (laughs) Uh, Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, my dad's a Leeds fan, Um, uh, so I have always had a a mild soft spot, probably a softer spot than most uh, fans do for for Leeds. Um, It's probably outside Leicester away the, the toughest assignment in the championship. They're the the longest unbeaten home record in the championship, um, as you uh, more than alluded to there, Uh, and the only team in the EFL, English Football League, to uh, be unbeaten uh, as well. And up until sort of almost coming unstuck against Preston on Sunday, they have been smashing teams, including Ipswich, at home over the last few months as well. So I do wonder if it's a case of Wagner... Uh, returning to what he did against Hampton at home and going through at the back and uh, scrapping for dear life or like in uh, the home fixture against Leeds, he just thinks, well, sod it. Let's go toe-to-toe. Uh, hope Leeds miss a hatful of chances and we take our, uh, take our chances. Um, I imagine it's probably going to be uh, the second of those, actually, because I don't think you can shut up shop against Leeds in the way that you can uh, against Southampton and West Brom because they've got so many brilliant runners in behind the ball threats from wide areas, threats from the middle that I think um, trying to eke a a draw out of it or uh, eke a clean sheet out of it is just asking for trouble. So, you know, it could be a really good, entertaining game.
1: Yeah, and I think there's one thing going back to the wall um, at home to Southampton on New Year's Day, and a completely flat pancake of a stadium than uh, doing it at a fervent Ellen Road. Um, so uh, if we're if we think that they're going to stick with the same kind of four four two that Wagner loves, um, any need to change, Ryan? Or, or we I mean we kind of touched on this earlier. Would you stick with the same eleven?
2: Um, yeah, I mean it's their strongest eleven, isn't it? So I feel like that's that's the way the way to go. I agree with what Dan said. I think changing it up there is just asking is asking for a a bit of a, a bit of a whooping. Um they've got so many good players, haven't they? Like you could argue it's a cliche, but they shouldn't be in this league. But I mean it's a free hit, isn't it? Go there, just play your game try and almost bully them off the ball if you try and out football football and you're you are not going to succeed um this this is the one time i think we can excuse Norwich for being a bit brutish and and direct and trying to bait a team into kind of quick turnovers but i mean they're going to get pumped aren't they let's be honest it's going to be a week of <laughs> a week of pumpings lads but I, th- I i do i do get i do get the feeling that we'll learn a lot about our our team and just the the quality required to mount a, a serious promotion challenge of going to ellen road on wednesday
0: well i think it's a bit of a free hit actually because it is the toughest if not oh sorry the second tough it's not the toughest assignment i don't think any i mean no team's gone there and, and won obviously um i mean a few teams have gone to portman road and got a draw actually i can't quite remember the stats there, and we and we managed that this season um I, one one thing we obviously did again at home was bait them a lot because, as any Daniel Farker side, they, they cannot press. They pressed badly. I don't know if maybe he has coached them better than the sort of only 20 minutes I saw against Preston at the weekend suggested they hadn't got any better at pressing. Um, so I imagine we'll see a lot of terrifying playing uh, at the back between Gunn, Gibson and uh, Duffy on Wednesday. Um, so hold, hold your <laughs> nerve. Um I don't know and uh, yeah I, I i see it as a free hit because teams don't get anything from there um i think coventry uh, in a week and a half times probably the is a probably a, a better indication of whether our performance against west brom is a, uh, either a step in the right direction or just a misnomer
1: yeah and i, I think it's also a bit of a free hit because uh, of the result on Saturday, I think we'd lost against West Brom. We would have gone into this game thinking we we might need something to keep ourselves in touch, but we are we will be in touch regardless. I think other teams are going to play on Saturday, but this is a game in hand, isn't it? So um, we're, we're sort of ahead of the game. We'll st- still feel like we're in touch even if we have. And
0: match, if we think. lose, it means Leeds are, are closer to Ipswich, so win win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But will would Farker do the? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if they are they Oles? I, I don't know what they what we call them on the pitch. Um, or out of respect, like as he did at Carrow Road, would he? Uh, we kind of keep a lid yeah, on. You've it? You've got to do it at home.
0: Uh, no one, no Norwich fans would begrudge him. Surely doing that at home at Ellen Road. I mean, you have got to do it at home. There are definitely Norwich fans who would begrudge it. I'm not saying that
1: I'm one of those, but there are some. Uh, there are some massive, massive pent in our in our fan base, uh, as are on every fan base. To be fair. Um, uh, let's have a look at um pumping number 2 then in our week of pumpings as <laughs> we <laughs> as we're, we're going to trail it um do you know what at, at the start i was like god do not give me a trip to liverpool I just, I just i'd rather just go out i'm i'm sort of there's a little part of me that's looking forward to this now uh, you know obviously the the hilarious result would be to uh, boil piss and, and, and get a replay um but I, you know, I, I I would be happy for us to just go there and give a, a good account of ourselves. Um, I mean, <laughs> is there is there any any hope at all? I mean, could we could we take the lead even? You know, what, what again? Again, I'm just here sitting here saying, give me some. I'll, I'll give
0: something. I'll give you something, Steve. Um, so even though we've not go been on. in Liverpool since 1994, uh, the day before, mm-hmm. uh, Geordie uh, pop sensation Sam Fender was born. Uh, by the way, to give like 30 nice. years ago. Um, we've played them seven times in the FA Cup and we've won three, lost three, drawn one, which is a pretty decent record, right? I mean, we can gloss over the fact that uh, mm-hmm. our three wins came in 1909, 1937 and 1951, but we have still beaten Liverpool in the FA Cup as many times as they've beaten us. So I'd say that those <laughs> underlying numbers suggest that, <laughs> suggest we've got a chance up
1: there. Um, I mean, those... <laughs> I think you, won want me over the previous underlying numbers. I don't think <laughs> listing off years can uh, can be described as underlying numbers, but nonetheless, it's a positive and I, I will take that. Um, and, you know, I mean, another positive is I don't have Luis Suarez anymore. So uh, that, that much um, we can try and tell. injured
0: still as well, I think,
1: isn't he? Yep. Um, Mo Salah will either be injured or at Afcon, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. I think Robertson's out, Shabozla didn't play yesterday. So, I mean, yeah. we're almost at a level playing field. I would say, do they do they have anyone else Is any good? Uh, it'll be Nunez versus Nunez. Um, uh, that's that's all I've got. Um, I mean, Ryan, I, I feel like you've you have made your feelings clear on the Liverpool game. Um, I am very happy uh, to move on because uh, we have one other item of business. Um, we will be on after the Liverpool game um, on uh, next Monday. Um, because we're engagement whores and it might drive our listener numbers up um so and also you know if, if we win it'll be a massive regret not to have done it um so yeah uh, have, other so, business... sorry
2: have 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 the rules of the podcast changed now michael's not as much involved because you've said whores you've said boil piss. <laughs> this is great i love this
1: yeah uh, no offense meant to um do you know what i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna shut that down now. Any, <laughs> i've already to, gone too far to,
2: to any uh, piss boilers out there <laughs> didn't mean to uh to tell you. yeah any piss or, or
0: any, any anyone else um, who <laughs> uh, any, any, any piss boiling ladies of the night is is that what you're trying to say <laughs> there,
2: there's the podcast yeah. title <laughs>
1: Uh, if there are any, if Michael or any piss boiling ladies of the night are still listening, I do apologize. We've all said the word (laughs) now, uh, so we can, we can all move on. Um, Yeah. Parental advisory and all that. Um, So yeah. uh, Kenny, other businesses now, Kenny, other quizness um, and Ryan, I am going to, uh, this is, this is the part This is your time to shine. Well, I think we've already done that uh, via buttons, but um, you can, you can have a second time to shine uh, and I will hand straight over to you.
2: Thank you very, very much. So we're going to bring back the five-second challenge, guys. And the theme for tonight's quiz is yo-yo teams. After our win against West Brom on Saturday, I'm going to ask you some yo-yo team-related questions. Who would like to go first? Uh,
1: are we calling it a yo-yo team quiz because we're on the way back up? Is that, Or is it because Norwich and West Brom are the archetypal yo-yo teams of your you can interpret that however you like, Steve. <laughs> okay.
2: I know how I um, meant it, but it's not about that.
1: <laughs> well, as I've jumped in, I'll do the honourable thing and nominate Dan Caper. <laughs>
2: yeah, let let's get this horror, okay. um, horror over and done with. All righty. Dan, you'll, you have five seconds to name three teams you would traditionally class as yo-yo teams.
0: And go. Norwich we City, West Bromwich, Albion uh swansea
2: city um oh oh Would we call swansea a yo-yo team that is my question
0: i'm not i'm not sure they've been back up after like... yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> well and
1: i mean i'd be happy to give him the benefit of the doubt but his first two answers were literally the two that no, were passed why would you well. not do that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't stip- it wasn't stipulated in the rules so um i'll i am no, no. st- staying out of this ryan it's, it's, it's down up to oh, your discretion.
2: i'm going i'm going to be a pedant i'm sorry dan and say that I swansea are not a yo-yo team uh yeah i'd say i in my head i was thinking sort of your your perhaps your watford's of the world and your yeah, you c- can make an argument for Q- qpr as well but swansea i'm gonna have to uh pass on that one i'm afraid QPR. so that is nothing for dan qpr that's like that's
0: a yo-yo team for the uh, for the email generation that is that that's a that's a long time since they <laughs> yo-yoed i
1: was i was going to say crystal palace but i think that's a that's
2: a yo-yo team for the facts generation probably, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> all righty steve you have five seconds to name three traits that may cause a club to yo-yo and go um
1: overspending uh, signing players like Rashita and Christos Jolis and um, oh. hiring Dean Smith. Oh, did I not? I know, was I out
2: of time? No, you were slightly out of time there, but I do respect it. I do respect it because they are all things that would lead you to yo-yo. okay
0: point of order. Yes, but... I, I'm not having Dean Smith as yo yoing. He, he, didn't, he didn't take us up. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. He has taken, teams, he has taken teams he took up us down. He did not take us back up.
1: That's true, actually. Had I said Daniel Farker, that would have been much more accurate, wouldn't it? He's, yeah. he's the original yo-yo
2: manager, I think.
1: Yeah. Okay, um, we'll, well, we'll leave it as nil-nil for Dean. the
2: time being. Nil-nil for the time being. But yes, apologies yep, to Dean seems Smith fair. if you are listening. Alrighty. Alrighty. Dan, can you please name three players to have been relegated and promoted back-to-back with Norwich City?
0: And go. Johnny and Seb Song, Wes Houlihan, Russell Martin, Mario, cracking, yeah, uh, there oh, are too wow. many.
2: <laughs> My goodness, you were just going to keep going. Well done. That is that is an impressive 4.34 seconds. <laughs> Woo, that is there. pretty good, Dan. Well done. Very good. Very it's one nil to Dan. All righty. So, Steve, name three players not mentioned by the last person to have been promoted and relegated back to back with Murray City and go.
1: Tim Cruel, Timmy Pookie, Emi Buendia.
2: Yeah, I'll give you that. Super duper. Oh, nice. Well done. I Very thought good. He's,
1: he's raided the Alex <laughs> Neal years. So uh, what have I got left?
2: Oh, dear. Fantastic. All righty. That's pretty good. We're at 1-1 now. All right, Dan, I need you to please name three players who were never promoted or relegated with Norwich. And go. Uh,
0: oh, Jeremy Goss. Um, uh, Mark Robbins, Chris Sutton, Rule
2: Fox. Oh, yeah, you, you, you were correct, but you were out of time. You, you oh. did just have a, a moment of oh, Jeremy oh, Goss no. and you held it there for too well, long. Well, because that
0: <laughs> only thought was Goss there long enough for us to get, for him to be there when we were relegated, <laughs> but, uh, and, and he probably was. Nice, um,
1: nice for Chris Sutton to get a mention from you as he does on uh, all of our quizzes as well. I mean, I would have gone straight with Adam for sure if I'm honest. uh, (laughs) That's one accolade that he's got on his CV from his time here.
2: Absolutely. Okay, so we are still at one-one, but Steve has a question in hand. All righty, Steve. I need you to please name three managers who were promoted and relegated with Norwich. And go. Daniel Farker, Alex Neal, Nigel Worthington? Yes, well done, with, with a f- only a few milliseconds to spare. It's nicely done. There's loads, isn't there? Even like back in the day, Bond.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Ken, Ken yeah, Brown? Ken Brown, yeah. Ken Brown up and
2: down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, so we're at 2-1. Dan, There's you more. need this to okay. draw level. Oh, there's, there's so many more. Why we're not live? I can do it. I've, I, got, want. I've,
1: got, I've got <laughs> on. I do not want to have to, I do not want to have to edit this out.
2: So just, as, it's all staying in, Ryan. If we're here all night. Oh, fantastic. All right, let's boil some more piss. Okay, Dan. Can you can you please name three seasons in which Norwich and West Brom have been in the Premier League together? And
0: 2004-5,
2: 2009, no, 10-11, uh, no, 11-12. I'm like, that
0: is difficult. <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah, that, that was a tough one. <laughs> I thought your advantage of working at the club for a while would have put you in good stead there. Well, I don't think we also were had 11...
0: never there in the 90s, right?
2: No. No, I don't believe they were, but it was uh 4 11 12-13, 13-14, 15-16 pretty good pretty good effort yeah that. yeah righty, Steve this is a tough one can you please name three players who have played for Norwich and West Brom and go Dorans Malumbu and Earnshaw yeah well done nice well nice. done that was very good I had to have I had a panics Google earlier of this you could have also had Leon Barnett Andy Johnson Lee Marshall Mike Phelan is an option as well. But yes, Mulumbu, Dorans and Earnshaw, that is a point to Steve. I'd only have
0: got two there.
2: Earnshaw came at the last minute and I don't quite know where from,
1: but he's got a hat-trick for West Brom
2: in the Premier League, didn't he, I think? He did, yeah. And it, the game at Charlton that would have, I think, was key to keeping them up. And is, isn't that the one the that America makes Cup. him
0: the only guy to score a hat-trick in all four leagues and the FA Cup? Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I believe that's true, and maybe international level yeah. as well. I think you may have got a hat trick for Wales in against a, a lower sort of team. But Steve, I believe that puts you three one up. I, sh- I should—that's uh, bad quiz mastering. I've forgotten already. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, well, I mean, I'll take it if, if that's yeah. the case. All right, Dan, this is your oh, last God, question. It? It's a big. <laughs> it's, it's it's the last one. It's the last one. It's a big one. It's a big one. A big one. Are you ready? I need you to name three things an actual yo-yo does and go. It goes
0: down, it goes back up, it spins.
2: Yes, they are the exact three things I have written down. Yes. Well
0: Can be used as a weapon, I guess. Yeah. The unruly school boys? Yeah, that's
2: another option as well. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean... To be fair, Norwich City have done a fair bit of spinning yeah,
2: from uh, no, I've had the no, from, no. from, uh, VR team in the last year. So, and, uh, and I feel like, it, I'm, like we've carpet. been under attack
0: from them as well. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. They are just one and the same, aren't they? All right, Steve, your last question. This is to really seal the victory. I need you to name three places you might find an actual yo-yo and go
1: um a school locker a nine-year-old's house even though nine-year-olds don't own houses and I think I might be out of time
2: (laughs) yeah you very very much you very much were so for context for stupid questions like that I do kind of play them beforehand in my head and I had um uh a, a school a child's house and a Christmas cracker that was the best I could come up with that I feel time, like there's something. Did okay, they have
0: yeah. yo yo's in West Side Story? Is that a thing where they, one, they, they're bouncing yo yo's, or <laughs> have I made that up? Or is it maybe it's clicking their fingers instead? Actually,
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, I want to see that remake of the Jets and the Sharks just doing yo yo's up and down at each other, and, and the lads from Braveheart
0: as well, just charging into battle uh, with the yo yo's <laughs> bouncing up and down.
1: That's that's what that'll be in our uh, two thirty matinee on uh, on <laughs> Sunday. We'll be at a West Side Story performance where they're all just spinning yo-yos.
0: Oh, maybe it's uh, anchor like- they do the uh, past pastiche of uh, West Side Story where they where one of the groups does have yo-yos. Maybe I'm not, not entirely. West- was
1: West Side Story not set in like the fifties or something? Did they have yo-yos nice. back then?
2: I, I think so. I don't think it's a, a technological inv- <laughs> recent technological advancement.
1: <laughs> Hang on. But equally, I don't, they, did, they didn't have them in Victorian times, right? No, they
0: had conkers back then, didn't they? And then, in in some ways, um, I suppose yo-yos are the conker of the Second World War generation. You might say. <laughs> sure.
2: Okay. Okay. I'm so, Google uh, just or just or Ryan it I know. I well literally, I literally just have, and this is from Yo-Yo Museum. This is for your other underlying account at MCFT Yo-Yo's. So <laughs> it is it is believed that the Yo-Yo most likely originated in China. The first historical mention of the yo-yo, however, was from Greece in the year five hundred BC. Bloody hell. What? <laughs> So, oh, so, well. so well they invented it in the fifties. It's like, yeah, it's in like fifty PC in ancient Greece.
0: I mean if it's been invented in ancient Greece, it really should be in the Olympics by now, shouldn't it? Shouldn't yo yoing be in an Olympiad sport?
1: Yep. I'm looking forward to a a thirty-five year old looking sixteen year old breaking <laughs> through in the uh, in the yo yo world. Uh can, can either of you do any either of you do any tricks? <laughs>
0: No, uh, other than probably hitting myself in
2: the face what? with one. Um, no, <laughs> in, in 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 general, or with a yo-yo, because I can I can whap out some voices again, lads, if you want me to. <laughs> um,
1: we'll save that for the outro, Ryan. I will uh, I will tee you up to uh, to never mind the danger on our on our on our way out with uh, with buttons. Um, I feel like I feel like we've uh, we've covered the yo-yo. Um, I think if anybody needed to know anymore they don't have to now we that's that was a a pretty full-on guide i think so thank you very much ryan another glorious quiz as ever um and yes i can't wait for the next one um <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think that probably is all for today's on the ball uh the norwich city podcast that's uh Off to vote for Jack Stacey as man of the match (laughs) next week again, just to see Josh's reaction. Um, Please make sure you subscribe to On The Ball if you haven't already. Um, It's the only place you can get um, such prolonged chat about yo-yos outside of your usual yo-yo podcast. It's free on Usual Player. Just search On The Ball Norwich City on your preferred social platform. Ratings and reviews, wherever prompted, or it's hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with any questions, um, please send me a direct message on Twitter at ncfc numbers or any of my other underlying accounts. Um, a huge thank you then to our guest tonight, um,
2: Ryan and Buttons, of course. Thanks very much. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, I've got to stop. I'm not selling it, am I? Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lovely time. <laughs>
1: yeah that's better yeah the, the first the first one was uh was uh, i don't know v- bordering on uh i don't know old old crone uh
0: which bit, i think is the first one maybe. yeah yeah that's yeah that, that was
1: good but um other than that sublime thank you ever so much again for the quiz thank you for all the uh, the voices or the one voice the two voices um and uh yeah catch you again soon <laughs> dan um can we get a uh, Leicester ipswich score before uh, still uh, one nil 60 minutes gone Lovely stuff. Well, uh, we're very happy then with half an hour to go. Let's hope it doesn't change. Thank you very much uh, for everything uh, once again this week.
0: Thanks, Steve. All, always a pleasure. And looking forward to listening next week to another two-win game week uh, on the podcast. Yep.
1: Uh, the week of pumping <laughs> is what we'll be calling it. <laughs> uh, thank you, Ryan, for the inspiration. Uh, and thank you all for listening, of course. Uh, we will be back next week following the pumpings uh, to talk Leeds-Liverpool. Until then...
2: Never mind the danger!